Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bottom Line with Bob and Kendall Ehrlich. Yet another big week of news, which we will get to. Uh, but first, as we go into the dark season of the fall, you, you may want to that. warm yourself up with a nice meal at Masoni's. You were supposed to play golf today. What'd you say? Oh, way nah, too cold. Too cold. Too cold. Way too cold. We're we're past that Indian summer, which was nice <laughs> for well, two I days. That. We had two days. So if you're hungry this fall, gotta go to Masoni's. It'll warm you up. And pizza, by the way. Yeah. Because they have a relationship with a local place, Close Squires in right. Dundalk, Maryland. Best pizza in the world. So now Squires Pizza at Masoni's. You can't beat that. And Aunt Chris's ice cream. you got to have that. And the food and college football. And just go to Missoni's. Get over with, please. Riverhawk, Susquehanna, 9-0, and baby. 9-0. and Number 11 nationally in D3. It's exciting. It's getting a little nerve-wracking. Redshirt quarterback, redshirt freshman quarterback, Josh Ehrlich, and an incredibly talented team. Uh, we were up at Moravian in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania last week. A little... A little close in the first half, early third quarter. You did your thing. You leave me when things get like that. And uh, Sometimes I, a woman's got to walk. Yeah, I know. A quarterback mom <laughs> or pace, has to walk. Or pace, as the case may be. Uh, go Riverhawks. Proud of you, JT. And uh, we'll week off this week. So And the president's won, too. A nail-biter. They came through. We're very excited Washington, for Jefferson. Safety's coach, Drew Early. Good job, presidents. Third, we were at the Daily Caller dinner last week, and you talked to your boy. You talked to your boy, didn't you? It was the foundation dinner, and when you have an opportunity to meet people, you should. So I got an opportunity to talk to Tucker Carlson. He's exactly as he appears, uh, very affable, and was, uh, I wanted to compliment Former Marylander. Former Marylander, I wanted to compliment him for... All that, the exposure he's done for uh, drug abuse, opioid abuse. He's dedicated to that. Really nice conversation regarding that. And then I also uh, introduced myself to Robert Kennedy Jr. And he was at the dinner and both of them had great talks. It was interesting to hear them both. And uh, Robert Kennedy Jr., I did introduce myself as your wife. Uh, he did remember you as uh, beating one of his older sister to become governor of the state. But what I thought, babe, about the night, interestingly, and it kind of goes to what we've talked about in the past, he was welcomed at a very conservative dinner. This is Daily Caller, a lot of leading conservative intellectuals, especially members of Congress, Republicans in that audience. And his speech was real, no uh, uh, indulgence or trying to placate Republicans. It was, we agree, we disagree. The things we agree on are pretty big, especially speech, especially free speech. Well, and he went through the Constitution. And censorship and, and the Constitution. Very impressive talk. It's not as though a lot of people in that room are going to vote for him. But if you're measuring uh, anything else, especially respect, the respect level is very high, I think it would be fair to say. Well, the night reflects that there are issues out there that people can agree. And so much of the country wants that kind of tone. And I felt that that night sort of was a great example of that. Yes, very much. Um, And uh, people would like to return to that. So we'll see how it goes as we enter the election year. We're almost in November. And so it's going to be a year from now. And it's going to be quite a year. So there's this really smart woman that I live with. And she came to me last week and said, I have an idea for a column. And when you have ideas, I listen. 
You do. And some, I appreciate And sometimes that. I follow through and sometimes I don't. Which is appropriate. Although you're happier with me when I do. <laughs> and your idea concerned parents and parenthood and recent generations of parents and more particularly the sort of unique parenting that we've seen in the last two generations wherein parents are much more flexible and indulgent concerning their children's views of the world, but not just their children's views of the world, taking their cues from their children. In fact, replacing the values that they've had their entire lives with their children's values learned in college, which often conflict with their family values. And I thought that was a very important topic. We've talked about it in the past. We've had some interesting conversations with our friends along these lines, and I thought it appropriate to write. I wrote my piece. You loved it. I do. And I, I really like your writing generally because I think it, it speaks to the average person. The explanations uh, are able, you're able to understand uh, the subject matter a little easier and identify with the subject matter. And this in particular, you're able to identify with is parenting. I think the country needs a parenting lesson and this article gives it to them. Yeah. Uh, parents who willingly give up the values they've taught their children because their sophomore at Columbia had a sociology professor with other values now adopted by the family makes no sense to us. And that's what we write about. So uh, look for this article coming out in the next day or two in Daily Caller. We want to uh, briefly touch on Israel. We have a special guest coming in in a minute or two, but we do want to talk about Israel a couple points in follow-up to our last two shows. First, the gruesome details of October 7th continue to be put out on social media and to some extent the mainstream press, and we're happy about that. Uh, a lot of disclaimers come with these videos. If you have children of tender age be careful they're horrible they depict murders they depict what went down on october 7th people need to know history needs to record what hamas is and october 7th is what hamas is so first observation second observation as we've discussed as everybody predicted uh the uh in the in the aftermath now of intensive bombing campaigns by israel in the south in Gaza, and now the beginning of a ground campaign. The moral equivalence syndrome has begun. No surprise. It's predictable as the sun coming up. We knew that would occur as though, as though October 7th never occurred. And again, was, moral equivalence in the American press is sort of a way of life. And yeah. it's very troubling to see it occur with something happening right before our eyes and so horrific that there can't be a determination of good versus evil. There has to be this moral equivalence, and I don't understand it. Also, the protests throughout the world. We're going to get to that. Oh, get I'm to sorry. That? Yeah. I always jump ahead. Yeah, I sorry. know, but that's kind of our marriage. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, uh, with regard to the trophy for worst reporting, hands down, New York Times with the hospital story. Oh. And it took days and days for the Times to clean up that story. And disclaimers all, always follow on page B8 after the world got inflamed because of that 
false hospital story that Israel had had bombed uh, that hospital. Uh, also to be expected, and we've talked about this a bunch as a family between Kendall and myself and, and our kids, colleges and college professors and college administrators and indoctrination, uh, something I've written about, a lot of folks on the right have written about for decades now. So some of this, a lot of this is not particularly surprising to me. I think it's not surprising to you. Some of the pro-Palestinian, you have to divide pro-Palestinian sentiment as opposed to pro-Hamas sentiment. There, there, there's obviously different views with regard to the West Bank and Gaza and the Palestinian state and all that stuff. We understand that. It's, it's nuanced and it's complicated. But for anyone to actually be pro-Hamas, pro-terrorist, pro-murder uh, in this context and, and, and is, witness, is unacceptable. And to witness videos of teaching children yeah. to hate and murder Jews is so which is what Hamas unbelievably does. unsettling, and it should be. And this is the kind of thing that uh, America and American culture shouldn't stand for. So again, to be expected, the usual college venues producing the expected anti-Israel, anti-Zionist. People need to understand that it's not just anti-Israel; it's anti-Zionist uh, uh, protests, especially some of our m- more uh, competitive colleges. Uh, the NYU's, the Stanford's, the Harvard's, the Columbia's. And, the quote-unquote elite colleges, by the way. Thank you, dear. Um, also to be expected, and this goes to what we hope will be a major issue in the campaign this time. It, it should be the defining foreign policy issue of this campaign. And Republicans need to do this. If co- campaigns, elections are about contrast, you have the Trump record, maximum pressure, Uh, unease on the Iranian street. The mullahs really concerned about their own uh, declining economy, sanctions working, a real coalition built between Israel, a quiet intelligence-sharing coalition built between Israel and major Arab states in the region. Things working well under, and the Abraham Accords, I should add, Things working pretty well under the Trump administration as opposed to the absolute mess it is today, including from the jump, Joe Biden, the Biden administration's desire, willingness to placate, to to indulge, to appease Iran, the world's most notorious sponsor of terror. And this is what you get when you appease terrorism and terrorist regimes when you appease miscreants you get more miscreant behavior so who funds hezbollah iran Uh, who funds uh, hamas in gaza iran who causes all this mischief around the world iran and yet from the jump joe biden came in and said we're going to revise that nuclear accord and we're not really going to uh, impose, uh, really follow through on these sanctions. And as a result, tens of billions of dollars of oil revenue have flowed to Tehran to fund terror around the world. So this is what you get. And if, babe, if elections are about contrasts and records, forget Trump, forget Biden, just records, this should be the dominant foreign policy contrast issue favoring Republicans in this election cycle. If it were about records, Trump would have been reelected. And it all started with the debacle of Afghanistan because we showed such weakness in how that was done and how that was. And that's 
also an example that the world saw and and we our weakness was so obvious and shown uh during that time um an appeaser is one who feeds a crocodile and hopes the crocodile weed him last you know who said that winston churchill of course <laughs> Of course. I did not know, but that was going to be my guess, by the way, if it's coming from you. (laughs) Well, one of his many great truisms with respect to appeasement, and he saw what appeasement in the 1930s was leading to. So, again, you don't appease bad guys. And and finally, uh, before we get to our guests, there's an article in the papers, plenty of articles, plenty of interviews these days, donors to elite universities shape over Mideast conflict. And what this refers to is um, primarily Democratic big donors, uh, mostly Jewish, but not all, all Jewish donors uh, in, in this group, now coming out and saying, enough, this is... This is something I'm not going to fund. I'm not going to give Columbia or Harvard millions of dollars to produce this, a pro-Hamas viewpoint, a pro-Hamas. We're not talking, again, we're not talking about legitimate issues concerning the role of Israel vis-a-vis Palestine, vis-a-vis Arab countries, the whole nine yards. We're talking about literally people going to the streets celebrating mass murder, celebrating a terrorist organization on our campus. And sometimes these kids aren't even American citizens. They're here on visas. Right. So you've had now some major Democrat uh, donors, or uh, I shouldn't say usually Democrat donors, but major donors to these schools say, closing the checkbook. Check back with me when we get back to a liberal arts education. Good for them. Now, I was asked in an interview this morning, and I'm sure I'll be asked again, what does this mean for the election 2024? And we're realists. We're realists in the Ehrlich family. We live in Maryland. We live in a blue state. We've seen a lot of things over the years. In my view, it will have some impact. It may, to the extent that it makes more transparent what one wing of the progressive movement is about, that's helpful. That's helpful to Republicans. You know, not all progressives, uh, I think, think like this. Certainly, most Democrats don't. But there is a wing within the progressive movement that is clearly not just pro-Palestinian, anti-Israel, anti-Zionist, and, and 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 beyond, how's this going to impact the election? It may cool out some uh, major Democratic donors this cycle, and the Democrats have a little bit of a problem on their left wing, and 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 that will also help Republicans and the Republican nominee as well. Is my prediction. I'm not going to go crazy and say there's going to be some realignment with the Jewish vote. Uh, I don't think that's going to occur, but I think around the edges, uh, this has been a very interesting exercise and uh, a learning exercise for some folks who have a lot of money who thought they had a home in the Democratic Party, but do not. It could help Kennedy. It could help a a, a candidate like that. Uh, People may look a little bit elsewhere if they aren't inclined to vote for the Republican. I just want to make a comment about the protesters in in other countries around the world to um, just the amount of protesters that are occurring in places like London and in Paris 
and other major European cities. You've told me about this immigration issue for years. Unlimited immigration. And that uh, clearly we know now what unlimited immigration is becoming here. And I think that people need to pay attention. Once again, the border and countries border. You don't have a country without a border. It's well, pretty common sense. But baby, it's second level though. What you've heard me say, and you're right, is you don't have a culture without people buying in to the fundamental values of that culture. That's the issue. It doesn't matter what people look like, where they come from, what the religion is. If they're buying into the culture, everybody's welcome. If you're inviting large numbers of people who have views antithetical to that culture, you're asking for a short-term and a long-term problem. That's what we've said. That's what I've said in my well, speeches, it, it, and that's what you're referring to. It goes to. back to the melting pot. What, yes. what yeah. people of our age recall as the melting pot, or Ellis Island. All ages, yeah. until I mean, recently. Until recently. And so that is the issue. And also that there has to be a process. You just can't walk into a country. You just can't do that. <laughs> And I think Western Europe has a real issue as yeah. well, and that the amount of protesters was just kind of shocking to me. Well, when, and maybe shocking to residents of London and Paris and others, but I don't know. They weren't shocked. Uh, when you invite large amounts of people into your country that do not share the, that culture's fundamental values, you're going to have a problem. And when something sparks a problem in a different part of the world, you're going to feel immediate repercussions at home. You're going to see consequences at home. And that's precisely what's happening in Europe. So in the midst of all of this horrific news and from Israel and Gaza and the turmoil and the invasion and the murders and who struck John on college campuses, I have a friend, Bob Marcellus, down in Richmond, outside Richmond, who is doing something wonderful, and we wanted to have him on our show to bring everybody up for at least for, for five minutes. Bob, good to see you, my friend. Great to see you guys. Thanks for having me on the show. I've got a relationship in Virginia here where I was a former advisor to Governor McDonald on the economic front on his transition team and the Attorney General Ken Cuccinelli. Um, and I'm my, my buddy, my friend, the sheriff in Powhatan, my county, hunts with me. So I called up Brad and another sheriff friend in the neighboring county, Stephen Creasy and Brad Nunnally. And I said, guys, do we, I know you guys recycle your armor every three to five years and you, you can't sell it like a used car. So you discard it or you send it back to the company. And so I, I've known this, and I, it just clicked. So I said, do you guys have any surplus? And Brad and Stephen said, yeah. And Stephen hopped in his pickup truck uh, to come across the river to our county we all loaded my pickup truck and as i'm doing this i'm like oh wow this is this is i got like 40 vests and armor plates here the level three and level four and i thought okay i'm going to call all 100 sheriffs in the county in the, in the state of virginia and then i thought a little better of that and since i am able to contact and pick up the phone and call the attorney general jason mieris um, who has moral clarity on this as he should. I called up Jason. I told him what was going on. I said, I'm trying to get tactical gear and body armor over for civilian first responders and the mom standing guard at the kibbutz. And that was on a Friday. I forgot the date. It was you know about a week or two ago. And on Friday, by Saturday morning, he had me in touch with the commander, uh, Colonel Settle of the Virginia State Police, 
and we're doing some talking about it. And he's connecting me with armor companies. And by Monday at the prayer vigil that we had with the governor Yunkin at the Rabbi Asher's synagogue, we um, Jason texted me and said, we're going to, we're going to confirm, we're going to send a letter out to all of the law enforcement in the state of Virginia, and we'll be a collection point for this. So you don't have to keep them on your farm because you're kind of a target at this point. Um, so um, that lit things up. So we started having counties start trucking things in. We've had volunteers from um, Hillel, the Jewish club at Virginia Tech, drive a 10 hour trip to go pick up one county, uh, 80, 80 vests in Henry County and got them in here to me. And I got them in yesterday. We've got uh, volunteers on the attorney general's staff. They've been fantastic. And his regional staff has been collecting armor from different counties. We're probably over 20, 25 counties. And that's despite that, despite having donated a lot to Ukraine about a year or two ago, we've got now over a thousand vests downstairs and we're going to get them out tomorrow to the shipping point and we've already got the space booked on the cargo jets and uh, so they'll go thursday friday night and they're going to go to specific front first responders so it's been a whirlwind um i'm happy to you know i've been interviewed in the press and I'm, and what i didn't realize was the boost of morale I, I've been getting phone calls and texts because we're in these, when you organize an ad hoc like thing like this, you're connecting with the Jewish charity networks are all mobilizing all of a sudden and everybody. So we're in email chains and text chains. And I'm getting these texts and calls from the front lines in Israel saying, Bob, I saw the story about Virginia and, and the vests and your interview and thank you. And as I'm speaking, rockets are blowing up. Our Iron Dome is knocking stuff out of the sky. Else. I don't know if I sent you that clip, but I'll send it to you. Yeah, yes, yes. Um, and so I'm talking to first responders and civilians on the perimeter, right? And, and it's 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 pretty emotional, you know. But we're we're helping. They're we're boosting morale, and these vests are in great condition, and they're going to save lives. It's a great story That's, and a great idea. Just, yeah, and, and Bobby, we want to respect your time. Uh, we appreciate your few minutes here today because I know you're a busy man. We've tried to get you a couple other days last week, but last question, yeah. you met great success here. This has been, a, it's a fantastic story. Uh, it's a local story at this point. It's a Virginia story, although you're impacting people halfway across the world. So where do we go from here, Bob? Do we go to other sheriffs, uh, other counties? Do we go to other states? We're doing the final load about eight in the morning. And uh, I, I can't, I got to ask Jason, the attorney general, if I can name the other state. There's another state that's, we connected, um, gave us another couple hundred vests. Okay. And we just want to spread the word that this is surplus taxpayer money to the other states. I've called friends in New York with political connections. I'm calling you guys in Maryland. Uh, I'm hoping the West Virginia AG calls me on my mobile as someone said he was. And so it's getting it out there. We actually, um, you know, DeSantis in Florida got something out. We were talking to him also, and he made a nice press release yeah. himself and is contributing so it's 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 spreading and it's such a positive i mean my jewish friends are running around scared they're looking over their shoulder going to synagogue it's like come on if if anybody's uncomfortable or is has fear going to a synagogue or a mosque or a church in the united states we're all in danger 
Yep. So true. And so um, a number of the folks in the Jewish communities, that, yeah, they, we had, I spoke at the county board meeting to thank the sheriff. I got a letter from the Knesset in the, it turned around in a couple days. That's impressive. Thanking yeah. the, They're the, a the first busy. two sheriffs. <laughs> so, yeah, but we see, that tells you how well connected the charity is and the, mm-hmm. the network and everything. We've already gotten medical equipment on charter jets. We've got businessmen donating. Some guys spent 150,000 bucks on fuel and let Lentis's jet to get back and forth. Um, you know, so we're just, oh, there's just so much to say. I do have a few more minutes, but um, yeah, it's, it's been overwhelming in a good way, but the impact on people at that board meeting, this is what I was going to tell you at the County board meeting. When I read the letter into the record, I didn't realize this, but the rabbi had a bunch of people show up and we had Holocaust survivors and moms with reserve soldiers on the line coming over, thanking the sheriff and telling their stories. And it was amazing to see this Holocaust survivor get up after me, which I wasn't expecting, and start talking and how moving the effort is. And the fact that the Jewish people are not alone, and that's the message we want to send to them and the world. They're not alone. And we've got your back. And we're doing more than just saying, well, hopes and prayers and good thoughts for you. You know, this is this is real. This is material. This saves lives. And it's it's frontline stuff. Bobby, we cannot do better than that. We thank so, you. Yeah, for I'm your stunned, time, my friend. What, how- we thank you for your time. We thank you for what you're doing. Thank um, you. This is God's work, and and you're saving lives. And we're really proud of, to call you our friend, and we're really thankful you came on our show here today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. All right. Well, that was our buddy Bob Marcellus, who is doing God's work what literally a, what down a great there. Story. What a great story. Uh, we cannot thank him enough for his time. He's a busy man today. He's, he had a cancel on us twice I, last week because he's so busy uh, responding to requests for help in the state of Israel. Again, as you heard, mostly civilian cause, protecting civilians here because so many people have, have shown up to protect their country. And that is a good busy. Thank that is a good busy. Work. Thank you, my friend. Godspeed to you. Thanks, everybody, for listening.